same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Thank you, Vandello. Welcome again, true believers, to another episode of Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me... As always, for 12 episodes now, right to the finale, all the way to the end, is the Charles Xavier to my David. Wow. <laughs> Jumping right into it, it's Bear. And, of course, with us for the season finale, we have the Baronessa. Hello, it's Jennifer. So, guys, Legion, we held this one till the end, figuring that those who know this show know why it's the season finale there's gonna be some strong emotions here all the way around i think sure <laughs> <laughs> little background when this show was coming out i had told jen about it and now i was not very enthused i am not a big fan of the character i am an x-men person my two favorite superheroes of all time being rogue and gambit I'm a pretty big X-Men dude, and David, as we'll get into, I have my problems with. But when the show first aired, I was like, well, we were watching The Gifted on and off. We were watching some Runaways. We were watching some superhero stuff. Constantine was pretty regular, Lucifer. So I was like, well, we might as well give this a shot and turn it on. From there. I loved it. Yeah. From the jump. From the minute it started. It was weird, it was convoluted, it was cerebral and interesting, and- David uh, Lynch-esque. Yeah, very- oh, uh, Yeah, but it was filmed beautifully. Well, Just, except for the action scene. If there was a gun involved, it was probably dope. I liked the thought that went behind how to visually represent a lot of the stuff that was going on. For me personally, that resonated much more than in the comic book. It took me a while to get to that in the comic book, and it was like right there for me in the series. Honestly, I had the same reaction to both the comic book and the series where I was in Soul, page one, episode one, I'm there. I love both the comic and the series. They were both amazing. And this is one of the shows you being our... TV, comic newbie. I mean, Jen as well on a lot of these episodes, though she adds kind of more about both female perspective and uh, history with art perspective. But when we told you about Legion, actually when we showed you the first episode of Legion, I had not been shy in saying, this is not my show. Oh yeah, no. You're like, you should watch this. And I watched the first episode. The f actually, I think you showed this to me twice. Mm -hmm. And the first time you showed it to me, I was just kind of like, I was totally like spaced out. I was off in La La Land. I was nosing my phone. I was like, eh, whatever. And then the second time I was just like, oh, wh why are we watching more of this? The show and the comic are similar in one way. When you're watching the show, if you really want to know what's going on, you have to just be watching the show. This yeah, is you not a do anything else. This is a focus show. Right. And the comic book, a lot of X-Men comics are, well, I skip over where I gloss over some of the word balloons or a couple of the panels. No, you have to know what's going on in every panel of this comic book. Yeah, or you're just, you're lost real quick. Right. Yeah. Can I just say, first of all, about the comic, I love that David is Scottish. <laughs> I don't know how, 
with an Israeli mother. He was raised on Muir Island by Moira McTaggart. Okay. Because so he's his, got it. No, because his mother died in the terrorist attack when he was young, which is... We watched a couple of YouTube videos to understand the character that we were reading about because we linked this to the comic book X-Men Legacy, which is Cy Spurrier is the writer for it. He's done a lot at Marvel. He's actually doing some amazing stuff with Thor right now. And he actually on and off for just X-Men stuff in general. He's he's one of the big up-and-comers, but he really likes Legion. And obviously, he really likes the aesthetic that you can do with Legion. So X-Men Legacy, before this point, was actually... I'd been collecting it. It was originally Professor Xavier kind of wandering the world. He had died one of the billions of times that he dies, but he had lost a lot of his memories. So he was going to different X-Men and getting what their interpretation of him was to rebuild who he was, which again, interesting plot. Then it turned into a rogue gambit. I really don't remember who else was in the comic. I was reading it because rogue and gambit were in it. And then out of nowhere, it became this another time that Charles Xavier died is when this picks up, which is what we all read. Jumping into this comic, I mean, even watching the show, there was a little background that was needed, so I caught them up on some Seven Things You Must Know videos on YouTube. Oh, I didn't. Honestly, I thought it was good enough. I didn't really need background. Like, I was will more than willing. To All right, this is where we're starting from. Let's go. This is good. Right. That's how I felt <clears throat> about the TV series. It was a good place to start. For me, I didn't need background on. I felt like after seeing the first season, had I had any background, I don't think it would have added anything. I appreciated the X-Men. That universe is not part of the TV series. That comes from me because I, I'm not as interested in quote-unquote superheroes. My introduction to the X-Men were the movies that came out in the early 2000s. I enjoy those movies. I go to see those movies. But that's not the type of movie that I seek out. The show Legion goes in a direction that's more interesting to me. The X-Men are not brought up in the TV show. And I have so many quotes from the comic written down that cracked me up. The Professor Xavier School is a paramilitary spandex school. They are kitty-thieving Lycronauts. Ooh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, and the great Professor X does not fail the folks he loves. Right. <laughs> Which, no matter what universe you're in, no matter what you're reading, no matter how deep into the X-Men you get, Professor Xavier's a dick. Yeah. The characters in the comics swear a <laughs> lot, but it's all right. characters rather than actual words. It's basically all bleeped out. Right. Well, it... And also in this comic, it's Wolverine and Chamber are mostly the two that do it the most. David. Oh, well, David, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with you that the X-Men weren't involved in it all was fine with me. Mm -hmm. Comic was entirely about the X-Men was also fine with me. I like them both for different reasons. The series was amazing because you got to see inside the head of a crazy person and somebody that is super powerful and just where that's going to go. And you don't need to have the X-Men present to tell that story. Yeah, you've got other mutants around. They discuss that in the series that 
there's plenty of other mutants around and they're doing their thing one he, way or the other. He hangs out with other mutants. Yeah. Like, uh, there are, the supporting cast is mutants. There are subtle hints. The other mutants that he is, he is hanging around are X-Men. You see in the background at one point in time where somebody's standing by a window and the window is a big circular window with an X crossed through it and wood through it instead of being a standard, it's an X. And so, there are flashes, too, whenever they mention David's father. You'll usually get a oh, wheel yeah. with an X. The Professor Xavier wheel or the back shot of a bald man. Yeah, it's always a bald man. And yeah. there's an image or a pic of David's father. It's always a bald guy right. who is extremely powerful psychic. According to the commercials for the third season, which will also be the last season, they're going to actually have Charles Xavier. Are they actually going to call him Charles Xavier? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure in the series they have mentioned the name Charles Xavier, especially when the the whole Shadow King stopped towards the end of the first season. I don't know if they ever actually mentioned his name in first season. I haven't watched any of second season yet, but I don't recall them ever actually saying Charles Xavier. I don't. I don't believe they do in the first season. In the comic book, and this isn't necessarily a spoiler for the comic that we're setting up, it is more to understand the character. And I'm going to get a little bit into why I was not interested and why I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the character. Two things, really. The first being that for a long time in the comics, he was referred to as an autistic mutant, which is more than a little tone deaf. And even that, it was tone deaf. Yeah, that'll, yeah. yeah. It's tone deaf. And the second being that unlike the series, they haven't delved into this at all. David is an all-powerful mutant because he has hundreds or possibly thousands of multiple personalities that live in his mind that each have their own power. And when he needs those powers, he needs to basically fight them and wrest control of the power in his mindscape to exhibit that power. Or his personality takes him over and then he has those powers, a.k.a. like Split, like what we saw recently. In fact, M. Night Shyamalan's movie, to me is a really watered-down version of this character. Oh, 100%. That's part of the reason why I really enjoyed the comic book, and it's really the only fault that I found with the series was that I really wanted him to be a little more crazy than he really was. Like, I get that he has got mental issues, but in the series, you really only get the image that it's because he's being taken over by an outside evil entity as opposed to in the comic where he is actually just a broken messed up dude on so many levels and he's got all those same problems that he had in the series what i liked about the series is he is that broken to me he in the series he is completely broken in fact at one point in the series he says is this real? Am I in reality? Are you real? What's going on? You can't tell. The way that it's filmed, you don't know what's real, what's in his head, and what is actually happening in the real world. Sure. They do film it that well that you're like, mm, is this just a in-my-head scene, or where are we going with this? Is the whole thing in his head? Right. Who knows? From the beginning. <laughs> and there's the difference in the comic versus the show. In the show, it's easier to have an unreliable yeah. narrator. Because in the show, you're really going at it from David's point of view, and David's point of view is unreliable. Right. But in the comic, you're looking at a panel, so very right. rarely is it somebody's conscious. And they attempt to do that in the first page and a half, two pages. They attempt to kind of 
give you that feeling. It didn't age well, and I'm not really sure that that's... A, it was problematic from the first panel. And see, I really enjoyed it. This is the X-Men version of Superman. You have this all-powerful mutant who can basically do anything that he wants to, but he just can't. He can't do it on a whim. He's broken, he's busted, he's got to figure out how to, in his own head, get from point A to point B before he can even do either point A or point B. So would you say he's a more interesting Superman? I would definitely say he's a more interesting Superman. And you know my feelings on Superman. Yes. Well gone over. And man, I just hope at some point they do some sort of animated or anything for Injustice so that we can go over it on this show and introduce a bunch of people to Injustice because that's the Superman I want. But back to Legion. This is how you do an all-powerful character correctly. You ideally... Your power set should have a weakness. This is an old gamer thing. D&D, &D, Vampire the Masquerade, all that stuff. Yeah, if I'm going to play a character in Dungeons & Dragons that's got straight 18s, that's just boring. It's boring unless you have some fascinating flaws that you have to play out to go along with that. This is true, yes. And that's what we find here. One of the reasons I find Rogue as amazing of a character as she is, is she could take anyone else's power. But she can't control it. And she also takes their memories. She takes their trauma. She takes all of their fears and all of that. their life force. Right. In the case of Miss Marvel. Yeah. But that's awesome to me that you have this superhero that is so powerful, or even a villain at the time that she started, that's so powerful, but you really have that counterbalance. In the comic, he loses his guru. Yes. And I felt like the series, it's easier to to have that unreliable narrator because there is that group that he can trust or we feel that he should trust. But he doesn't have that yeah. in the comic. True. He doesn't have anyone guiding him. He doesn't have anyone to... Yeah, he's entirely out of He's on his own, and he has no real sense of... I feel like he was on the path of understanding what was the right thing to do and where he should go, and then all of this happens. Yeah, what, five, six, seven pages in, something like that? Yeah. Suddenly everything just... Yeah, everything, the whole world is turned upside down, and all of a sudden, instead of being... A person who's trying to learn to be a force for good in the world is now villainized. Doesn't have anywhere to go, doesn't have anyone to turn to, and what are you going to do with that power set? With, with that, with that level of crazy, which they explore yeah. for about two or three yeah. pages or five pages or something like that towards the beginning, too, of Legion just kind of, well, went bonker. The parts that I enjoy about the show are, there, there are two main parts. I know I am lost, and I, that's a negative for me. I don't like being lost in a show. Like, I could pay attention as hard as I possibly can, and I still don't know what's happening. Yet, by the end of the episode, and not in a way that it's like, here's some exposition to bring you up to speed, but just through context clues and the way that things are happening and whatever, you know where you are in the story by the end of the episode. But for an hour... You're lost. And I do appreciate that about the show. The other thing I appreciate about the show is how they handle David's psyche and David's mental illness. He's in an asylum for a lot of it, and it's 
linked back to his mutant ability, but it's not entirely it's not about his powers. About his powers. Right. So he mm. is someone in need of assistance, in yeah. need of help, in I need mean, of those things. He's still a trauma victim. Yes. Bad trauma and continued trauma. Yes, that's good. But I feel like in the comic book, they've kind of taken that to the nth degree, mm -hmm. which is where I was liking it because it, he was nuts. I guess I was just looking for a little bit more of that in the series. That's my only complaint. Other than that, it was brilliant. Well, I feel like they didn't have him portray David, the actor portray David as being loopy nuts because they wanted to not appear to be A, pushing it too far, sure. or B, offensive to people that have mental illness. A lot of what you got in the comic was the omnipresence that you have reading a comic and that you have to infer a lot of that in the show he was just as crazy if not crazier when they're making the television show they're trying to make it quote unquote as realistic as they can or as accessible to the most people well but also it's set in what looks like the real world right it's not a comic book it's not an X-Men movie. It's supposed to be set in the world we live in. Yes. That's why the character may seem subdued or toned down to you. Oh, that's entirely possible. Mainly, I guess what I'm looking for, if I wanted to really hit the nail on the head, is Legion doesn't really seem like Legion unless there are tons of personalities involved. The TV series is a very compelling story. I think they did an amazing job with it. I'm just looking for the Legion. Just a little bit ago, you were talking about it being accessible. I would argue that this is probably the least accessible superhero anything media-wise. I cannot think of something TV show or movie or even going to video games. I can't think of anything else that appeals to less of a wider audience for the reason that I was stating. A lot of people don't like being lost watching something, and a lot of people will not give it. I beg to differ, because a lot of people watched Lost and were just lost. Well, the writers for Lost were lost, yeah, but yeah, so if the writers on board, honestly, I think it just kind of depends on how things are presented to you. Right, but at the end of that, when you're talking about Lost, you're talking about interpersonal relationships. There was stuff that was building. You didn't have an unreliable narrator character like putting forth this relationship for three episodes and then finding out that they were never actually talking to that person at all. Because that person didn't even really exist. Right. This series is aimed at the people who are not necessarily interested in superhero shows. They're not necessarily interested in superheroes, period. There are a lot of people who are not interested in comic book movies. I know it's sacrilege to say, but... There are a lot of people out there, as popular as those movies are, that have absolutely zero interest in that kind of a thing. Absolutely. But those people might be interested in Legion. It's interesting not because of mutant abilities or superhero things. It is ostensibly about a group of people with mental illness. And how they deal with it and what's going on in that in their sphere going into later seasons. It gets more into that. But the first season is so much more about spoilers, but 
you move towards the end of the series, when he goes from the mental hospital to the next phase of the series, it's still a group home or another mental hospital. It has appeal to people that ha have interests in other stories other than superheroes. It felt a lot like Ex Machina. You're like, well, who is trustworthy here? What are you doing? And are you being sucked into something that's ultimately going to destroy you? I thought about this and actually didn't bring it up during our Red episode. Legion talks to mental illness like Red talked about uh, getting old and mm -hmm. how we view senior citizens. This treats how we view the mentally ill in probably a more respectful way than they've done it before. Definitely in the comics, like I said, yes. multiple personality and autism were basically, those are his powers. Right. Yeah. Wrap your head around that in 2019. Yeah, right? Then again, we have Nazis. So <laughs> this is true. Wow, we still have Nazis. Well, okay. To be completely petty, come on, what's with the Dragon Ball Z hair? And why is he always just in sweatpants? Yeah, I mean, no shirt, no shirt just and no shoes. So in the comics, for those, because if you've got Dragon Ball Z hair and no shirt and no shoes and just sweatpants and you are running around with a six shooter in each hand and hooting and hollering like you just were still out in the Wild West, that is hilarious. Wiki Wow Wow. Wiki Wow Wow. They never really explain his hair. Other than in the very beginning where it's like, oh, Work. your hair just defies. Yeah. He mentioned his hair defies all gravity. I think originally it was supposed to be a dig at Wolverine's hair, and it's just become part of his character. I can't speak to it. I don't know what's up with his hair in the comics. For those who have never read a comic with Legion in it, his hair literally sticks straight up. Flat tops. So imagine like... It's like Dragon Ball Z. It's play from Kid and Play? Yes, it's yeah. play from Kid and Play. No. But the white dude version of it. Yeah. No, play wishes his flat top were that. Oh, yeah. That's it's play like, was like, you, the, can yeah. I get take notes? Yeah. And I know that it's a comic and they've got to do whatever, but it's like, that's another thing that puts me outside of this type of comic. Uh, yeah. yeah. And see, for me, that was just something I 100% just glossed over. I was just like, oh, this hair, it looks like a Dragon Ball Z knockoff. Okay, whatever. Don't care. Flat hair, don't care. <laughs> I can't cast aspersions on David in the comic because everyone dresses like, well, I mean, the X-Men all dress like... So like, what, what's, the, what's the S and M line that they had? It's uh, the spandex bondage army. Size <laughs> Spurrier has a lot of fun through David in looking at the X Men and mocking them. Kitty thieving lycronauts. Kitty thieving lycronauts. That's basically what they do: is they'll show up at your doorstep. Oh, you're a mutant. Here's a bunch of propaganda. Now come join us. They were not well organized at all. Yeah. They, they generally are. And believe any random phone call that calls into the mansion oh here's a bad guy like who are you click they oh there somebody must... said there's a bad guy that showed up so we have to go do it yeah there's no leadership at all everyone is trying to be a leader but not very well they're all and they're all taking... failing in... they're all yeah. taking initiative in different directions i think that might be better filled in by where this comic was when it was happening but yes this was around the time that called x-men schism where Cyclops basically went, you know what? I think maybe Magneto was kind of right and we should just separate ourselves. So mutants will have this island off the coast of San Francisco and that's where we'll be. And Wolverine was like, that is not the way that the dream is supposed to happen in Charles Xavier's dream and went back and rebuilt 
the school as the Jean Grey School of Learning because Jean Grey was still dead at the time. There's a whole thing, but everybody. When it was called in in this comic, it was the Jean Grey School of Learning, right? Because that's when all of this is happening, and Wolverine, not a great leader. That's just uh, an example. Really, Wolverine went to go back and rebuild the school. Seems tad out of character. Sure did. Not having much experience with the X-Men in the comics. None of them are very likable at all. And it actually serves to make David a more sympathetic character in this comic. Right, because you hated Blindfold, who is usually like one of the most beloved newer characters in X-Men. Yeah. Had a little bit of sympathy for her after I learned more about her story. But it's a little bit of backstory. She's still lame. Yeah, there there was always something that the X-Men was always okay. Liked individual ones. As a group, I was never really all that cool. And this kind of just put it all into focus and went, oh, yeah, they're just a bunch of idiots that happen to be trying to be good guys and not really doing a great job. I think it's telling that my favorite X-Men stories are generally focused on individuals. There was a fantastic series that just wrapped up that was Rogue and Gambit and then into a series called Mr. and Mrs. because they get married. It's fantastic because it's just really focused on the two characters, but other people from the X-Men universe keep showing up, being like, we want you to go on an adventure. And they're like, no, you guys are dumb. Please don't bother us anymore. Deadpool's like, I'm going to take you to space. And they're like, don't take. We We do not want to go to space. I like those stories, and actually more than I liked the animated series from the 90s, which was fantastic. X-Men Evolution, if you haven't seen it, is the X-Men in high school. It's like a reimagining where they're at the Charles Xavier Institute, but they're all in high school, and Charles sends them to the regular high school that is in the town. It is... Oh, that sounds terrible. I mean, it yeah, things get bad. But it was very well done because, much like Smallville, which we've talked about before, Clark Kent's, Clark Kent's weakness is not kryptonite. Clark Kent's weakness is that Clark Kent's an idiot because he's a high school kid. And then he's in his early 20s, which makes him more of an idiot. You watch it. The thing that he found most telling about uh, who you like about X-Men is, is it sad that the characters that I like most about any of the X-Men comics are Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister? No. (laughs) If we're off air, I'll tell you why you're going to want to get a comic soon. Sure. I probably won't read anymore. Okay, so there's your... Yeah. You will not continue reading? No, I will not continue reading, but I will continue watching, and I will watch it again. <laughs> and I am not a rewatcher. Right. I generally don't rewatch movies or shows, but I feel like it is complex enough of a TV series that rewatching will provide additional insight to what's going on in that arc on the TV show. Fair. I would definitely continue reading. Really enjoyed the comic. There's a lot more that I would want to see happen. I want to see where it goes. I would also continue watching and rewatch. I usually with TV series, like I'll rewatch movies over and over and over again ad nauseum. TV series, not so much, but I would definitely rewatch the series on this just uh, for the same reasons that Jen stated. Get that additional insight, catch the stuff that I missed the first time around. Especially once you get to the end and some of the questions get answered. Because once you get to the last two episodes of the first season, things are moving so fast that trying to catch every little detail is just, it's rough. On my end, probably not. I I wouldn't keep reading 
just because I'm not a fan of the character. This didn't do a whole lot for it. I am an X-Men fan, and it's very obvious reading this that both David and the people who write for David are not fans of the X-Men. <laughs> and yeah, I did not read this to learn about David. I read this to learn about Charles Xavier. And I think that in that way, I took something away from it. No matter what universe you're in, Charles Xavier is a dick. This is all about the consequences of him abandoning his son. Even if he didn't know about him until he was a teenager, in this, he's in his 20s or 30s, and he's still well, yeah, being abandoned by his father. He basically started off by saying he didn't find out about it until he was a teen, and then the first thing he did was take him out to the middle of nowhere where he couldn't hurt anybody right. and leave him there. Yeah, not going to be a strong recommend for me. However, Bear, I think you're living proof that give it a shot. If you like the show, if you like that character, if you like the idea, by all means, pick it up. For, as far as I was concerned, there was nothing about the comic and very little about the TV series that I didn't like. It was all awesome. I, I liked them both for different reasons. They both go about telling a similar story. Not the exact same story, but a similar story. And they're both just really well done, in my opinion. And on that note, that is it for season one. That's the season. Woo! Let's wrap it up. So we are still taking suggestions, emails. You can find us at graphicallynovel at gmail.com. You can find our website, graphicallynovel.com. You can talk to us on Twitter. It's graphicallynovel. The E is missing from novel because apparently we went too many spaces for a name. So there is two L's. Like that. There is two L's in graphically, but the novel is N-O-V-L. We are all over the place. Facebook. You can, if you want to find us, you can find us. There's even a place to leave comments on our webpage. But let us know. The season's done. Did we? We'll have the set list for season two up yep. fairly soon if we don't already. That is all of them in the can. And we have really enjoyed doing this. It's been a year and a half labor of love for all of us to come together and make this happen. So please, if you like the show, if you want it to be longer, if you want it to be shorter, if you want it to come out weekly, if you would support our Patreon and you would just want all this new content, let us know. Be vocal. We are more than willing to take any suggestions that you've got. Jen, you got anything? Thank you for having me and listening to me rant and rave. I appreciate it. Every show that I've been on, I've felt very strongly about and said, I must be on that show. So thank you. And we're looking forward to more of you in season two. Yay. <laughs> All right. With that said, take it away, Vandello. Nothing.
Nothing's ever as it seems. I see.